0: Hello, Spacers. Welcome to Starlight, a space opera. I'm Isaac, your host and GM for the adventures ahead. This show, whether you're watching or listening, is a labor of love and one that we want to make the best for you. So if you can, take a moment to freely subscribe or share however is most comfortable for you. Thanks. Now let's plot a course to Starlight. Here we go. Roll for initiative. While the Noble Alliance is reforged, many will look to us to guide them, to massage their fears in this time of chaos. And do you think we really are the center stone they will want? How many times were we made to repress religious choice? You forget Sister Fartran. It was the Reveries who enforced the Triumvirate's Law. And now it can be us who sheaths the paladin's swords and the cleric's hammer. When bread and soup is given freely, memories are short. Don't you see? This is an opportunity to reshape ourselves in the eyes of the galaxy. Easy for a normal-born to say. I know what the people of the Undercities are like, and they do not forget easily. To do so would be a swift track to death, or worse. Then you leave me at a loss, Brother Marco. What are we to do, then? Stand by and do nothing? Oh, come now. All these arguments and rebuttals, and you do not come presenting anything more. I need help if we're going to move on. No. No. We should do something. And your idea would have helped to change the way some have viewed us. I, I just think... Now, mind you, it won't change much, but it, it's a start. I think we begin with explaining the limits on worship was not from our acclaim, but rather an edict from the triumvirate. A new relation might be best served with honesty for once. Hmm. What do you think, Friar Halig? I think little, not less. Excuse me. You may. Though I think our sister is need of you. Friar Halig... Why have you come to this meeting if you're just going to be rude and not help us figure out the Reverie's new stance in the face of all these changes? Of oh, course, for this I have not come. Oh, shush. I must leave soon. So I have important matters to closely attend, so listen well because I'm not going to repeat myself. This here is a formal announcement of what is to come. My paladins and clerics and other warriors of truth and the soul are hereby splitting from the reveries to pursue our holy work. I'm certain not all will follow me, but m- most will. And from this day, the Order of the White Knights will go forth to fulfill the void left by the old galactic order and hunt down every last dirty synth and creationist. I know you believe the threat of Eternus to be nothing more than a fairy tale. Better they forgotten in the vacuum of space, But I ask this, when was the last time you heard a god speak or goddess whisper? I know you claim to represent them, but truly, when was the last time? (laughs) Hmm, I thought as much. Eternus is the greatest of all thinking machines. And we can attest that Eternus has been witnessed. He's much more real than any other god that you profess or goddess you profess to serve. And this is the last threat that can eradicate all that lives. And thus, we will treat it as similar as a threat as our myths of demons and devils. And if we oppose you, or even the Noble Alliance does? <laughs> please, we both know how war between my order and the rest will go. Very few understand the power harnessed within these Zabetes, within each Ayun crystal. I yield. the forces were to combine, we would surely be outmatched. But if we do our jobs and nothing more, then there will be little reason to make quarrel with my knights and me. Now, if you'll excuse me. Brother, sister, it was an honor to once be brother to both of you. Now, don't be sad. Every age must have both blade and glove. We will both do our part to see the galaxy safe and sound. Now... Farewell and stars guide you. It's like a slightly different variation from what's over in France, right?
1: Yes, it's okay. quite a big variation. Is it really? Uh, yeah, uh, people from France often come here in Quebec, and they're like, "I don't understand anything you're saying," and I'm like, "But I'm not even speaking fast, and I'm using really, really simple words, guys."
0: <laughs> oh wow! So it's it's that different. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: it's really a a big accent that is different from France. Um, Like We can understand French people quite easily, but French people have difficulty understanding us uh, for some reason. But uh, it's kind of special and weird at the same time. Totally. Um, We use less English uh, than France too, so maybe that's why they have some difficulties understanding us.
0: yeah, I, I, um, I run track and field professionally as my day job, and so I've traveled a lot of places, and you know, a lot of people over in France would say that you guys are the weirdos, but um, I get to hear <laughs> yeah. from the other side, and I'm on the same, I'm in the same hemisphere as you, so I'm with you, I, they're the weirdos, come on. Um, <laughs> but no, I've been to Montreal, Quebec once, and uh, it was for a race, and it was awesome. I got to try poutine for the first time, and yeah. it was heaven heaven sent yeah um.
1: it's it's real poutine because other places they they use strange ingredients like shredded cheese and stuff this is weird this is not poutine this is something Mm -hmm. but i don't know it's not poutine
0: well it was like uh it it was an awakening uh, i can tell you that but i guess it's you know so are all of you who are involved in the project you guys all from quebec as well yes okay And I'm getting that right, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, Most of us are from Quebec. They are, uh, some of our artists are from other places. Uh, Like we have one in Italy, another one in California. We had one in Argentina, I think. And there was another one in Brazil. But uh, most of like the people that works like on the text and stuff like that, we are from Quebec.
0: Okay. So you guys really are, you guys are worldwide, you know? That's pretty, yeah. awesome. that's pretty awesome. Well, I, I guess that's been some fun rambling, but let's do this. Yes. So, uh, as many of you know, uh, I'm Isaac Yorks, and I am the GM and host for the Starlight Podcast, and it is my absolute pleasure to bring on another community spotlight. And this time, we have the Arkellan Chronicles with us here. And for those of you that that don't know... This is a new and upcoming tabletop RPG, but it's not just any tabletop RPG. And I would hope that those of you that are listening would get a little excited about this considering that Starlight is a space opera, but they are self-professed where science fiction meets fantasy, or as we genre geeks like to say, space opera. And it's very, very exciting to have them on. Um, Before we get too deep into it, I do want to say thank you to our show sponsors uh the heroes journal and loki battle mats for helping to make the show go round if you get a chance check them out you can find all the links below um but back to it uh so with us here today we have jonathan and it's you know, we were just talking about it but he it's seven o'clock here in pacific standard time and it's 10 in in uh Quebec, montreal and so it's a real champ just showing up and just to give us a little bit more insight. So, Jonathan, welcome on to the show, man. It's really good to have you.
1: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. really cool.
0: So, we've been been talking for a a little bit now, off and on, and then I'll be honest, I've been kind of lurking and watching what you guys got going on, checking out the cool art on your Instagram page. And what caught my eye is, again, just that instant connection of be like a world that's uh it's different from mine but at their core genre they're the same and so i was su- seeing some of the things in my mind uh in the images for the sh- for the rpg that you guys are creating and i was like what is this like i have to know so i started digging and learning more about you and uh and and i have to admit that i loved everything that i've seen after kind of like perusing your website a little bit and getting to know a little bit more and following you. I've noticed that you guys what makes you guys unique is you you keep a D20 system. There are many elements though that are both recognizable to the fantasy fan or the sci-fi fan. But you guys also bring in a blend that's new and refreshing. Some things as simple as everyone knows elves, people who play Dungeons and Dragons, we we have that. But that's also somewhere where we can touch off and we can see This is something we can hold on to as an anchor and say, okay, I I understand this genre, but then you have something totally new or new takes. For example, as I understand it, you, 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 you have playable troll kind who are not big, bad, evil creatures, or at least aren't presented that way initially. And I thought that was really cool, but I, I was hoping that, you know, before we dive into the nitty gritty, if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and those that you work with and what, what brought about this project
1: um yeah so myself uh, i'm jonathan and i'm like the developer of the game like i'm the creator of mostly everything uh, that exists in the world um and we're a team of like i'd say five people and like two people that are on and off uh depending on business in their real life uh, other things and other work um but most of us know each other for at least 10 years. Uh, we've been playing for a long time uh, Pathfinder and d and um, We started uh, uh, on 3.5, uh, d d 3.5, but then we moved on to Pathfinder and we continued to play. Um, and the idea to, of making our own game and our own things really came from like boring a lot. We do. We did a lot of custom things for mostly Pathfinder because that's really the edition that we stuck up with for mostly ten years. <laughs> um, but um, it started like that. We started like making things um, and. It was way before like Starfinder came into play, but we started to think. Uh, some people of uh, from our group really liked the idea of something more uh, science fiction, and other people from our group preferred fantasy. So, by creating stuff and continuing continuously creating stuff, we just said, "Well, we created so much stuff. Like, why don't we do our own thing and like our own setting, our own game?" And the reason why we didn't make a setting versus making a game is that there are some rules and some things that were present in Pathfinder and D&D that were not adapted to some of our players because we have different kind of uh, players, like those with ADHDs or, like, um, that have way more difficulty focusing on things. So we just said, like, at this point, just we'll just make our own game and try to make it as easy to understand and engaging for people that have different kind of other uh, neurodivergence, which make try to make it more engaging, try to make our own thing out there instead of just making a setting. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really, really neat. Uh, I, I was actually really kind of curious about that because that is a, a big thing for the RKLN Chronicles, which is you guys talk a lot about your diversity and inclusion, especially regarding neurodivergence. And I was actually cu- very curious, what does that look like? How how do you accomplish that in, in a whole new RPG? What, what kind of thoughts went into to doing that?
1: Well, the first thing, uh, since we've been working on the game for like a very long time, um, the first thing that we that we started working on is um, the idea of um, the initiative terms. Uh, in D and D and Pathfinder. There's a lot of things that makes the initiative really long. And for people with ADHD, it's very difficult to continue following. After like 20 minutes, they're just like, oh yeah, it's my turn, I forgot, I don't know, I was doing something else or things like that. So we try to bring forward um, a little bit of more reactiveness, uh, stuff that you can do that you're always engaged in whatever your companions are doing. So even though you have like initiative one and you're you're bad and you play last, you still have those this ability to act whenever you can with some of your abilities. So even though you don't play yet, uh, you have something to do. You have something to accomplish uh, with your abilities. Uh, is if. It's their puzzle, or if you have an ability that can interrupt enemies or things like that. So you you still have to be engaged in what your friends are doing instead of just passively waiting. Um, and since you don't have only one type of things that you can do during your turn, you still have this opportunity to act at any time without just waiting.
0: Okay, I, I'm having a hard time kind of conce- conceptualizing that. I guess. Um, so is it kind of like there's like more reactions or bonus abilities that people can do that are written into the classes or you take on these things?
1: Yes. Um, for example, we have like, uh, one of our classes, which is the time shaman that, uh, can and mostly acts and do its thing when it's not its turn. Uh, so you have like your initiative that's still enter play, but... Um, most of its abilities from its class is interrupting enemies or giving a boost to his friends or doing something to help while its turn is not in play right now. So um, the system works with like some sort of action points. So mm-hmm. as long as you have action points, you can do whatever. And if you have like reactions, you can do as many as you want as long as you have points left.
0: Wow. Okay. So it's almost, not only is it engaging because you have to be tuned in at all times to what the other players are doing. You can't just disappear, right? Because we've all had the player who texts or whatever, and then you forget where you are. But and now we're also talking about resource management. It's not like you have just one reaction slot. You have points and you need to manage that, which then that adds a whole nother layer of paying attention, right?
1: Yeah, but it's not like three million points. It's like five. So it's not really, it's not like difficult to keep track of mm-hmm. also. I mean, I think that the maximum someone can have is like seven if they use different abilities to give themselves more or stuff like that. It's like seven. So seven is quite a simple number also to remember. Uh, so it's not too, too difficult to get it together and different abilities cost different. Amount of points too, so uh, depending on what you do, you can spend more or less depending on the abilities you have.
0: Okay, okay, no, that's super super cool. You you talk about how the the games you played before were specifically Dungeons and Dragons three point five, and then you move over to Starfinder, right? <coughs> or not Starfinder? Sorry, to Pathfinder and. For some people, 3.5 was a pretty uh, crunchy system, so they would say, right? There's a lot, uh, almost like playing Final Fantasy Tactics or something uh, along those lines. Does Archelon Chronicles kind of follow in that route of having a little bit more of like a strategy overlook with like a bunch, a little bit more math involved, or is it? I would say on the other side of the spectrum, you know, if we're talking about the realm of D and D and Pathfinder is it more like 5e where it's it's a little bit more black and white with the advantage role and disadvantage.
1: I'll bet it's somewhere in the middle. It's like somewhere between 5e and Pathfinder in like a crunch level, if I could say it like that. Um, there are some math involved, uh, despite like not with the advantage disadvantage. Uh, mm-hmm. It's more like uh, you have a modifier to stay, in so you can have penalties and stuff. But they're never uh, too high or too difficult to remember. Uh, I think that the maximum that we had is like a plus ten or mm-hmm. something. Uh, so it's not things that are overwhelmingly like the plus forty-one to hit on oh. Pathfinder um, or <laughs> things like that. Um, like I think that the, the highest we got was like a plus ten or thirteen, okay. uh, which is like quite fine. If you're like if you reach max level, I think that uh, if you have a plus thirty, uh, nobody like plus thirteen, sorry. Um, You're gonna be able to keep track of your things. Like it's not the plus twenty millions that you can have on Pathfinder. Sometimes that is quite crazy.
0: Right, right. I I remember, um, and you know, Pathfinder is pretty cool in the fact of how much how customizable it is, and it excites me to hear that this this game is going to sounds like it's going to be right in that sweet spot of like you still have the customization. You still get to feel like this hero who can do all these things, but it's not so nitty gritty that it can't be adjudicated or resolved really quickly, which is, that's, that sounds awesome. So I guess this is a little bit along the same vein is you, you talk about in your website about the choice to keep the D20 system. And some of that, you know, was just because of how recognizable and iconic the D20 is and being able to use various dice uh, what was, can you elaborate a little bit more on that, that thought process and what brought you guys to that decision versus say, doing something like, um, uh, other games might do where, I don't know, you, you, you roll a dice and it you're basically just counting sides like colors or something.
1: Well, the, the idea that we wanted with keeping like this set of dice, um, it's mostly because we we wanted to keep some, some kind of classical feel to it. Like uh, some reminiscence of like D&D and Pathfinder, because this is the really huge things that inspired us to make our own game. Mm Uh, so the, the idea of keeping a D20 system, but making it our own really comes from the fact that like these huge inspirations that we had, it was from these dice or these um, these games um, and it gives some sort of classic feel to it like having your little set of dice and you arrive at your game with your like, little pouch of dice and you have your little set that is yours and then you, you pick up different sets for different characters and mm-hmm. things like that I mean it, it's some sort of like fun Classical feel Um, we have ideas for other games later that use that don't even use these kind of dice Uh, but for that one we really wanted to keep this kind of classic RPG style of things with your little pouch of dice with your uh, Different dice that you bring to your table and stuff like that.
0: I think that that is brilliant Uh, I'll get into that in a second, but I would like to say is you are feeding every dice monster still who has a dice addiction because <laughs> they now they got to go collect dice for the Arkellan Chronicles. <laughs> so, way, way to keep local businesses going. <laughs> but, no, I think that that's a brilliant idea. It's an idea that's often used of paying homage to what came before you and not tearing down that structure but building upon it because it, it was inspiring. And you see that all the time in books and in movies and cultural things. And just because it's done a lot doesn't make it any less brilliant. Uh, I'm going to kind of like take a little derailment here. But uh, have you ever read the Aragon books uh, by chance? Yes. Yes, I did.
1: Yeah. So the movie doesn't exist. (laughs) No, 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 no. I
0: I got the movie uh, for my 14th or 15th birthday. And I, I... Watched it and I threw it away. Threw it. Away. I couldn't <laughs> even explain to my dad why. He was pretty upset. And like, you, you don't know. That, dad. That's
1: that's a good reaction to it. <laughs> yes, it didn't
0: happen. But what makes the Aragon series so brilliant, especially for people who were new, is it it took a bunch of old ideas and it rehashed it in a way that a lot of younger viewers hadn't seen. And thus, it it introduced a whole generation of of kids and teenagers or adults who had never read fantasy, like epic fantasy, to the genre. And so by doing that, you guys are able to kind of like bring people in because they're kind of like, oh, I've seen a D20 uh, or "I've, I've seen, I've used it once in a game, didn't really know what I was doing. And you guys are kind of rehashing that and paying it forward almost and uh, and, I, and I think that's really really cool so now for the really I mean the, the game stuff's really cool uh, not gonna lie but I get really excited as a storyteller about things like the setting or the character races and the, the, the classes so can you tell me a little bit more about the Arkellan Chronicles setting is it all taking place on one planet or are we looking at something that expands and goes out across like a a whole universe.
1: What I could say to that is yes and no. Um, I'd say that the base game, like the, the book that will come out like next year, it's really focused on one place. It's one planet because we really want to set that setting right. Like we want to have like our races that exist on that planet and what they do and what kind of things that exist on there. And we want to eventually make uh, an additional book that really expands the universe into other planets, other people, space travel, have really distinct. But we felt like putting this in the base book would make it some sort of afterthought. And this is not something that we want um if we have to have um space travel and planets and people extraterrestrial people we really want it to be not an afterthought we want it we want them to be as fleshed out as what exists in like the base world i guess i don't know how to, yeah. <laughs> to call it otherwise but if we need to if we travel somewhere else on other worlds and we want to have to add like other races we really want them to be as fleshed out as what is on the main planet and with all with putting down like the base rules and having like the items and the base races and the classes and describing the setting and everything we felt like if we put this on the base book it was just like oh yeah but and you can do this Mm -hmm. and it was like a really small Paragraph somewhere that was saying, yes, here are the rules to space travel and goodbye um, So instead of doing that we really wanted to make its own thing about all that goes on elsewhere than on Arcalon. So right now uh, The base book is really set on one place But there's a lot of, do- of things to do on that one place. So it's not like Some kind of forgotten planet that there's nothing on it Um Sorry. Um, There's still a lot to do on that planet. Um, And later on, we'll really expand on what else is there on the universe. But there are mentions of, like, space travel on the base setting. Um, Like, it exists. It's not, like, something that will appear out of nowhere. Um, Mm -hmm. It exists. It it happens. Uh, There are mentions of it there are mentions of like first contact and stuff like that but other people but uh we really wanted to keep this as its own thing because we don't want it to be an afterthought
0: right but by building some of that lore in there when people get their hands on it in their own homebrew games they can build off of that or they can wait until you guys bring in the official editions right
1: uh yeah exactly i mean if people want to homebrew their own thing like oh yeah I want to space travel. Okay, fine, you can do it. There's no rule for it right now. Complete like there's a little bit of rules on how to pilot things, but it's not like how do you go in space? But if you want to do it, I mean have fun and go explore the world if you want.
0: Right. Well, and that's kind of I mean that that's kind of what Arkelon is born out of is the the need to make something of your own. So earlier like, I said that we would talk a little bit about the different races. But uh, I know what an elf is. I know what a human is. I know what an orc is. I, I don't know what a Varus is or a Cheris is. And I might have butchered those. So go ahead and correct me. But those are... You got some pretty interesting race choices with what looks like subversions of them by Heritage. Right? Yes. Uh, of those ones, which I guess... You have a couple, so it'd be kind of hard to like fully deconstruct that, but what are some of the new races that you're really excited about and why?
1: I would say that there's a lot of the races that we put on that are still recognizable by people, like, like you said before, like the elves and dwarves and stuff like that, because it's still fantasy, so we wanted to keep this, uh, this part of fantasy that already exists because it's relatable, but we can also expand it to make it more unique to our setting um but um like the animal people like the john burry or eventually i mean they're animal people they exist in mostly any fantasy world um but we we wanted to give them like their own culture uh to them like having a really set culture that they have for themselves um And we also have like those statue people, the Shiaris, which are... um, Well, they are living, they're not statues, but the legend says that they were awakened from statues to defend humans against like their enemies. So they're they're sort of... um, They're not tyrants. I cannot say like exactly like that. They're not tyrants, but they feel like they have some sort of destiny because they were awakened by gods to protect the world so they are kind of feeling like they're superior to people and like others but it's not like each of them are evil and it's not like a, a dark elf kind of things that everybody's evil and it's a bad society um, it's just that they feel like oh the god has chosen us so we are cooler than others <laughs> right, but, right. Um, <laughs> but they're not evil in itself. It just have some preconceived ideas of what is uh, their life versus what others.
0: I feel like a good a good game often has various shades of good, evil, and then the gray mixed in. And I think that's pretty cool. And you're right with the Jean and the animal people. Like, that is something that's kind of seen you know, in a lot of games, but I don't know. The Arkelon Chronicles, the art that you guys have, the artists have done a great job in making it feel like something just, it just, it feels fresh. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like, oh, this was taken from some other RPG and like just rehashed. It, it, it they do have this sci fi element to them, obviously with the magic and the fantasy in there that makes it, wholly its own right well there's really one other thing i kind of wanted to 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 chat over with you and i kind of want to check in on your kickstarter how'd that how'd that go it from Uh, the surface looked like it was very successful
1: yeah we we were successful we we picked up a little bit more than we needed um uh, i don't remember exactly the the numbers because uh uh, I haven't checked it because we we some we still have some pre-orders uh, coming in, but um, overall we raised twenty nine thousand uh, Canadian. Wow! That's uh, awesome. Yeah, and we have more over at our pre-order. Also, we have like I think six thousand more that we got from there. Um, but well, we, we have to take out shipping, so maybe like a two 3,000 more that we got after the Kickstarter was completed.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so we still unlocked a little bit of stretch goals. Um, over, we had like one stretch goal, I think, that we um, unlocked uh, after the end. Um, but it's true that if we had to do it again, probably we would do it otherwise, but it was our first Kickstarter, so we're still pretty happy that it was successful. Um, yeah, and I mean that, that, that's, that's much success. Uh, yeah. If it, if it <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> i like coughing at the same time. Um, but yeah, we are quite happy that it was that successful for like a first one, uh, that we made.
0: Yeah. And that's no, that's no amount to sneeze at, at all. Uh, I would say you guys were far more than successful. So you, you said earlier, you have a you're planning on releasing next year. So with the Kickstarter done, it was finished May 11th. Yeah. Where does that put you in the process?
1: We plan, uh, as I said, to release on August 2022, um, mostly because with COVID and all that brings uh, into, like, the process, it makes it pretty uh, difficult uh, in a way that, like, The artists are mentally drained and we are mentally drained too, because it's like isolation and vaccines and go there and cannot go out. You cannot see people. You cannot see your friends. You cannot see anybody. Um, So it makes the process a little bit slower. Uh, The shipping is hell. Uh, Printing is bad. Uh, Everything like everything is just the timing is crap. (laughs) So, um, we gave ourselves like a very big delivery window to be sure that we can deliver in time. Um, because we don't like like saying to people, oh yeah, we will delay the game or stuff. It may happen because we don't know what will happen next year. Like if shipping and printing would be worse or if, or if it will continue being the same as it is right now. Uh, but for now, I would say that we are maybe like 90% done in the writing. Uh, We still have some things to put together here and there to be sure that it's great. Um, And we also have the French translation to do uh, at the same time, because we plan to release in both languages, because in Quebec you have to be, uh, you have to do stuff in French. (laughs) Um, So we plan to release in both languages. That's another reason why we put ourselves like layer because we will try to release both at the same time we have one person that uh, that is like the unique person that does the translation uh so it's not like we do it on our own like one person we still have a couple of people working um but that's it that for now as i said we are like 90 percent done for the writing part um and maybe like 70 percent done for illustration and visuals that goes in the book um but we I don't think that we'll have to push away like the release because uh, it's still in a long time, and that's the reason why we put it uh, like that. Um, I work in video games as a day job. <laughs> so oh, nice. so um, pushing artists like crazy is something that we don't want to do. Uh, and pushing people and like the, the crazy overtime and crunch and stuff like that is something that we really, really don't want to do. Um, so people might wait a bit longer for the game, but at least i will have a peace of mind where our artists and writers would be treated like human beings and not like just things that works for you.
0: No, and that's super admirable and good on you. And it it has been a tough year. And, uh, the past year is tough, this year's tough. And I think it's smart to wait. And I think if your Kickstarter is any indication, People are excited and they're happy to wait as long as the product is going to be quality, which we we can now tell from listening to, to you talk about the process, who it, like why and hearing what birthed this thing. It's going to be something super, super amazing. So, uh, yeah, Jonathan, it's been super awesome. You guys have made a super... Qu- I know it's going to be a super cool... Epic fantasy slash science fiction setting, and I'm really excited. I mean, you've, you've sold me on the fact that it's, it's not just going to be take your turn and that's it. It's, it's going to be a game of quick action. It's going to be a game of paying attention, which is one of the challenges with tabletop RPGs, uh, of this style. And so I'm, I'm excited to sink, sink my teeth into it and hopefully when it releases, I think that it would be super fun if my crew here at Starlight did like a fun one-off game and got to cinematically edit it and share a little bit about the system. But with that, I do need to ask you, do you, when you guys play tabletop RPGs, are you the GM for the games? Yes. <laughs> All right.
1: That's perfect. Uh, but-
0: you fell into my uh- trap.
1: Uh, (laughs) But uh, there there are other people that currently uh, have decided to take over because I was a little bit exhausted of being GM. Uh, I like being GM, but sometimes it's it's really exhausting.
0: (laughs) Well, you groomed them well if they're willing to take over. So good job. You've created more GMs, which is what all us GMs want to (laughs) do. But as for my trap, if you were going to GM a story hook intro to an Arkelion Chronicle setting story, what would you say? Like, if you imagine that I was new and you were just setting up a hook right now.
1: Mm, that's a good question. I got you um, on the spot. <laughs> one that we actually really liked was a ship that arrived at a, a port but the ship was completely empty, and it was a cruise ship, uh, and there was nobody in it. So the players were sent to investigate that ship and see uh, why every member of the cruise ship was has disappeared. And it was a really fun game, really. Uh, it was a setting that was never really used before, or at least I never really saw like this big, urban ship. The gigantic one with like thirty stories uh, oh. that was completely empty, um, and that was a, a game that was really really fun. It was some sort of like haste into a big cruise ship, and it was really cool. That's awesome. I really like that one.
0: I can imagine all the all the things you can do with that storyline. But yeah, so with that, again, Jonathan, it's been a real pleasure, um, and <sighs> we are very excited for you. And it's it's our, our Killian Chronicles is going to be a hit. So. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> All righty. Thank you, Spacers, for listening. And with that, we'll see you next Tuesday. If you guys want to connect with Jonathan and the folks over at Arkellon Chronicles, there are a few ways you can do this. You can actually visit their role-playing site at the com. You can also find them on their social media pages at Arkellon C for their Twitter or Arkellon Chronicles at Instagram. If you get a chance while you're on their website, Try and check out their subscribe to their game newsletter where you can get more information, stay up to date, as well as get access to their latest PDF test files. Oh, and one other thing one of the playable animal races is basically a Canadian moose, so check them out. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.